Welcome to How to Smile Again, a podcast I created to help you go from surviving to thriving. I'm your host, Connie Dickerson, and I struggled for years with substance abuse, anxiety, depression, and PTSD. I finally got clean and sober, but all of that underlying devastation was still there. I got to work, beginning a lifelong journey of healing, recovery, and growth. I found the will to live and the will to aim higher, to pursue a life I love. Join me as I help you design a life not just worth living, a life worth loving. Hello, hello. If you are new, welcome to the How to Smile Again podcast. And if you're a returning listener, thanks so much for coming back. Today's episode's a little longer. I'm telling you a little bit more about my story, and then we'll get into the bulk of the content a little later in the episode. I have some really great thoughts for you today. So whether you're new or returning, I am so glad you're here, and I hope you get something good out of today's episode. So I got clean and sober for maybe the second to last time (laughs) Um, in August of 2018 when I entered drug court. I'm not going to lie to you guys, I didn't wake up one day and decide to get my life together. I didn't have a moment where I decided like, wow, things need to change. Let me get it together and decide to get clean. Um, my moment or not even a moment, but the, the event that started the cumulative effect that triggered my lifestyle change was I was handcuffed and taken in a squad car to our county regional jail. In there, I spent about three months in jail, and you guys, I did not have a good time. When I tell you I am not cut out for (laughs) death, it was not fun. Um, Just in case you had any disillusionment about what jail is like, it was not a good time. Um, Primarily due to how not okay I was. So I spent about half of my time, half of these three months, in suicide watch, so in isolation. Suicide watch in a county jail is pretty different than what you may think about a suicide watch would be in terms of like in a hospital or something like that. When I was put in this isolation room, so picture a roughly six by eight room, white walls, white floor, all concrete. Against the far back wall, there is a, like, two to three inch high concrete slab that just comes just up above the floor. Against the back wall, that is your bed. There's a drain hole about four feet away in the middle of the floor. A square drain with a grate, that is your toilet. The only thing in this room with you is kind of a hospital gown type dress where it wraps around in the front but instead of tying in the back it velcros um this thing is dubbed the turtle suit because it is very thick very stiff very green and it's specifically designed to be impossible to stretch impossible to rip or tear basically impossible to use in any way to harm yourself um And this turtle suit is also your only clothing, no underclothes, is also your pillow, your blanket, and your mattress. It is literally the only thing in that room with you. So, a bare concrete slab, your turtle suit, and you. (laughs) Um, It has a whole plexiglass front. 
this room is in intake, which is like the processing center of the jail. So whenever someone's arrested, they're brought right into there and holding cells are in there. The CEO's like desk area is in there. Basically, the idea is you're in fuel, full view 24-7. Not a lot of privacy, to say the least. Um, so half my time of these three months, I'm spending there peeing into my drain hole, and sleeping on the cold concrete slab. This was my introduction to sobriety. This forced withdrawal. So I went through withdrawals in that room. I kicked on that concrete floor. I spent those months puking in the drain hole and shivering and sweating. And I began to truly lose my mind. The only other thing that ever comes into that room is a plastic tray with your food and a cardboard spoon and you have to hand it back out as soon as you're done. That was also the only human interaction I had. Isolation does something really strange to your brain. So I was already not okay and when I tell y'all I was not okay, <laughs> I was not okay. So the charges I racked up that night when I was arrested. Um, that's a time, that's a story for another time, but I was facing 8 to 12 years. One charge alone that I got had a minimum 5-year sentence. I was already out on felony bond when I got arrested this time, so no bond for me. Um, it wasn't looking good. The judge told me I was a danger to myself and to society. Absolutely no bond. <laughs> so I started to wrap my head around that and come to terms with that. That like, hey, this is just my life now. I'm about to spend the next like decade of my life in jail, in prison. Um, and I finally started to come to terms with that. And then my public defender came in to visit me and told me she thought I might be a good candidate for the drug treatment court program. I'd never heard of such a thing. I was like, what? It's drug court for sure. short. I was like, what is drug court? I've never heard of this. Also, I didn't recognize or acknowledge that I was a drug addict at this time, so <laughs> she was like, well, it's a place for, it's a treatment court for drug addicts. I was like, oh, that's not me. <laughs> Long story short, I was a drug addict, <laughs> and I was accepted into this program. So it was a bit of an intensive process to just get accepted, but I did. Drug court essentially is an alternative justice program for drug addicts specifically to reduce recidivism, basically make you less criminal, give you drug treatment, um, rehab, recovery treatment, so you become like less of a menace to society, criminal, all of this. Um, it's an alternative to jail because Jail sure as hell wasn't making me more of a productive citizen, and I don't think it has ever made anybody more of a productive citizen. That's my personal opinion. We can come to that another time. Essentially, drug court's an alternative justice route where instead of just sending you to jail, serve your time, come back out, it's no live out, live in society, but you have to maintain all these standards you have to check all these boxes, do all the requirements, be a productive member of society, go to treatment, go to therapy, um, and if you mess it up, you go back to jail. Or if you're messing up in little ways, you go back to jail during drug court, and then you get back out into drug court, 
a jail's like a punishment throughout or if you really 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 mess it up continually you're basically expelled from drug court and just have to serve your prison time so some of the requirements were um daily urine tests something like eight hour classes like eight hours of classes a week eight to ten hours something like that um a certain amount of employment hours community service hours weekly court appearances in front of the judge and weekly therapy so these are all some of the requirements that you have to maintain to stay in drug court um it was all a massive change for me it was so much structure when i had come from just a life of chaos and (laughs) running around doing whatever i want basically it was a big change And not only is it structure, it was structure with consequences upon failure to adhere to this structure. One of the biggest changes for me was changing who I spent my time with, what I spent my time doing, and where I spent my time doing it. That was so hard, so different, so difficult to make that shift. And if you want to hear the understatement of, like, the century, the people I spent my time around before I went to jail, before I got into drug court, were not the greatest. (laughs) Um, Yeah, understatement of the century. But in my mind, those were my people. Those were my friends. So now I get into drug court, and something they keep hashing on in drug court is change your people, places, and things. People, the people you spent time around, the people you hang out with, the people who influence you, change that. Change your places. Don't keep hanging out in the same places, doing the same things. So this is really, really important to anyone in recovery. I don't know if I've ever known an addict who can get clean and stay clean, still hanging out with the same people they used to get high with and these people are still getting high in front of you. It's just not conducive to recovery. Um, But that was a really, really hard shift for me to make. And at first, I tried not to make that shift. I tried to do the same thing I was doing before, but still complete drug core and not get high. And let me tell you, that did not work. And I was sanctioned by drug core. It's been a little time in jail. Um, And when I got back out, I tried again, and this time I actually tried to change my people, places, and things, and things started going so much better. But you guys, this is my super, super specific example of my story when I first kind of started figuring out this whole people, places, and things thing of when I got into drug court and who I was spending time with before and then into this new life. This is a super specific example, but you guys, it is so much broader than that and here's the thing I'm not trying to change now from getting away from those people places and things that's been done but I still all the time and am looking at my people places and things and this is applicable to everyone and here's why you may have heard this but it is so so true you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. The average, you guys. Think about the five people you most you spend the most time with. Do you want to be the average of those five people? Because it really is true that you become what you feed your mind. 
the people we spend time around influence us more than we realize. And yes, you can maintain individuality and all of that, but the people we spend time around influence us whether you want them to or not. That is just how humans work. So it's absolutely essential for addicts trying to get clean or addicts who are clean trying to build their recovery to change people, places, and things, but it applies to everyone. If you surround yourself with super positive people, people who just approach the world full of positivity, a positive mindset, if those are the people you spend all of your time around, that rubs off on you and you will become more positive. If you are a mom and your five best mommy friends, you're more likely to be more like them. Whether that's in parenting approach, in how they problem solve or approach issues, if all of your friends feel stuck in life and like they have a cap, like I'm destined to work a $12 an hour job the rest of my life, you will be stuck there too. If you are pursuing big things in business, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you don't surround yourself with people who failed and gave up and then go back to their regular nine to five. You surround yourself with successful entrepreneurs because not only, I mean, that's also about like learning how you did it, but it is such a mindset influence thing. The people you spend your time around will influence you. So really take a look at who you spend your time around. Do you want to be like them? If you are pursuing a growth mindset and breaking out of limiting beliefs, don't spend all your time around people who are stuck in a here and now mindset, people who are stuck in limiting beliefs, because you'll stay there with them. You become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Now, I said this before, you become what you feed your mind. That applies to the people you spend time with, but that actually goes beyond that. That applies to the podcasts you listen to, the movies you watch, the music you listen to. Oh my god, the music. When I tell you, if I spend all of my time listening to any one type of music, I can tell a difference. If if I listen to nothing but one type of music for a week... I will feel a difference in my behaviors, in my mindset, in the way I walk down the sidewalk. You (laughs) the things you feed your mind affect you. If all you watch is negativity, it will affect you. The things you feed your mind is what you become. If you constantly fuel yourself with positivity, you listen to podcasts, you watch TED Talks, you watch... I don't know, feel-good movies, whatever. If you listen to music that feeds you, not brings you down, you become that. You become what you choose to influence yourself with. So really take a look today. What are you choosing to influence yourself with? Because essentially, whatever we feed our minds, that's what we're doing. We're choosing for that thing to be influencing us. Look at your Facebook feed. If you have, like, a shit ton of friends posting negative crap, drama crap, like, dumb shit all the time, that is influencing you. Purge your Facebook feed, please. A while back, I did a major purge on my Facebook feed. I went through, at first I went through my friends list and just deleted a couple people who I knew right off the bat, like, I don't need you. 
And then just every day as I looked at Facebook, if things popped up that I'm like, wow, that's dumb as hell or influencing me in a way I don't want to be influenced, I went and either muted or delete or unfriended that person. So I, I looked at everything and I said, is this feeding my mind in a positive way and is this conducive to getting me to where I want to go? Because truly the things you see on social media is a huge influencer of your mind. So my challenge for you today, consider and look at what you feed your mind and who you spend your time around. Look at your people, places, and things. Reevaluate them and maybe make some edits. I'm not saying if you like a certain type of music, but it's maybe not the best message if all you fed your brain was that it probably wouldn't be good for you I'm not saying just stop listening to that I'm saying add something in positive think about the type of person you want to be and look for those type of people those type of messages that type of messaging that's the type of person you want to be and aim your influence to that so my challenge to you is look at that Maybe look at your Facebook feed. Maybe pare it down a little bit. Maybe add something positive to your stream of social media. If your social media is filled with negativity, maybe remove some of it. Maybe add something positive. If all you listen to is music, maybe add something positive in there. Throw in a podcast, a TED Talk, something nice. Maybe this cool, like, How to Smile Again podcast I heard about. I heard it's pretty good. (laughs) That's my challenge to you today. Look at it. Evaluate it edit it a little bit and really think about where you want to go and if you are the average of the five people you spend time with are you going to get there hey you thanks so much for joining in to today's episode of the how to smile again podcast if you like what you heard please subscribe for more regular tips on how to go from just surviving to thriving and send this to someone who you think needs to hear it I hope you have an awesome week and I'll talk to you next time. You got this.